Going Linux, episode 423. Welcome to Linux, starting your adventure, part one. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Barry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux... This podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode... Welcome to Linux, starting your adventure, and this is part one. Hi, Bill. Hey, Larry. How are you today? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Um, I'm playing uh, for the past couple weeks with KDE Neon. Okay. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone, but I needed a few... um, uh, few things that I, you know, I had to check these boxes. One, it needed to be an LTS, you know, mm-hmm. based on LT, uh, long-term support. Right. Um, but I wanted the freshest of the fresh of the KDE. Right. So as I was get, uh, looking around, I was like, ah, KDE Neon. I know I've run it before, uh, maybe a year, year and a half ago. But uh, I wanted to see how it would run on my my older test machine, and uh, it runs really well. It actually has a a slightly lighter footprint um, than um, uh, GNOME or GNOME, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, not by much. But I was saying, you know, I was very I was very surprised on how well because at one time uh, KDE was kind of heavy. Yeah, it used to be the KDE was a, the heavy monster, and uh, GNOME was the lightweight or lighter weight. Yeah, yeah. it kind of switched over in the recent years. Yeah, they've done they've done a lot of work, and I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. You know, I also wanted to stay with the Ubuntu base just because uh, uh, I think that uh, Ubuntu offers uh, the it seems like the most support. Yeah. Uh, for devices and stuff. Uh, you know, I could have done it on Arch or not Arch, um, but uh, Manjaro or something. But I, I want it, or I could have used Kubuntu. But, you know, Kubuntu, um, I, they do some stuff uh, in Kubuntu to, you know, to make it more friendly, whatever. But it's not uh, the freshest of the fresh. So I oh, wanted this okay. st- 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 stability, but I wanted it to continually get the uh, newest, the latest and greatest of the KDE. <laughs> Sometimes those two things, stability and latest and greatest, are mutually exclusive. Yeah, they are mutually exclusive. But so far, uh, I've, uh, you know, I get, uh, like, I call them micro-updates uh, every couple of days. And, so, and uh, it's, but it's been rock solid, it, you know, a, Ubuntu just found everything. So I've been very, very 
pleased with it so far. Um, and that's actually, this is uh, the first time that I've actually recorded using KDE Neon on the test machine. I'm actually using it today to do the do the show. So um, I want I want to see uh, how it works um, as far as memory usage and stuff. And right now I have, you know, Firefox. I have, uh, we have our Discord. We have the Audacity. And I have a system monitor. And I have you know, show notes in multiple tabs. And it's still not hitting uh, three gigabytes of memory. So, hmm. uh, it and it's not even touched the swap yet. So I'm pretty impressed so far. The, uh, yeah. The installer, the Cal- Calamores, I think they call it, um, yep. they've really polished that too. So, yeah, it, it's been pretty nice. Yeah, well, that's good. That, I, so this is on your test machine. Your your main machine is still running Pop! OS, I'm assuming. No. Oh. Oh, no. Why, what happened? <laughs> uh, I, I, I like Pop! But I was looking at uh, the interface, and you know, well, I can make the interface do what I want, and I wanted to try something different and fresh, and I like the kind of way that uh, the KDE and Cinnamon do things, mm-hmm. so uh, I wanted to keep, I wanted to get back to that and see if uh, I could actually use KDE, because I've tried it before, you know, back what, a couple years ago, and I wasn't a fan, but um, now it's kind of growing on me, you know, things are where I expect them to be. Um, still using a Ubuntu base, so <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I've been very pleased. I mean, Pop is great. Uh, I think if you have a machine um, and you want a system to get out of your way, um, Pop's it. Um, but I, I kind of it, it wasn't fitting how I my workflow. Is that I don't know if that makes any sense. This matches my workflow more uh, uh, closer. And okay. and you ha- and you can customize KDE to your heart's content. I actually think there's I haven't even got into half of the um, the ways to customize it. If you can change just about everything to make it exactly what you want. You know me, I'm always tinkering. So it it seems to be working well for me right now. I haven't had any issues. The install was great. All of the software that I need and want works. Um, and what surprised me was it actually has a, you know, now this is with nothing running, uh, a fresh install. Mm-hmm. I always see where the, it sits memory wise, um, before I install anything right after I install. This actually has a lighter footprint than pop. Not that that means anything. It's not anything huge. It's only like a hundred megs. But still, that that surprised me. I thought that KD would be much heavier, man. So they've really done a lot of uh, tweaking. So your test machine is running KDE Neon. What's your uh, primary machine running? KDE Neon. Oh, you're using it in both. Okay. Yeah, I decided. Right. I decided. Uh, I actually went ahead and installed um, KDE Neon on, uh, as a dual boot on my gaming machine. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it installed uh, flawlessly. Uh, of course, uh, the uh, secure boot was uh, tried to give a little pain, make things a little bit of a pain, but because uh, um, it wouldn't install some. 
of distros. Uh, it would install the Ubuntu's uh-huh. without any issue because I put. I wanted to take a look at the new, uh, what is it, Jammin' Jellyfish or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I put it on, uh, put it on there, uh, and looked at it, and you know, didn't have to touch anything. But then um, I wanted to uh, try um, Arch just to see if it would install, and it, yeah. it kept coming up with uh, this image couldn't be verified. So, and it wouldn't, it huh. wouldn't install, but. Um, the uh, KD Neon, which is you know has the Ubuntu base installed flawlessly, so I, they did some work with that. So Secure Boot, you don't have to fight it all the time. So yeah, okay, no, that's cool. Yeah, I, I always got to be messing with something, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a little surprised that you left Pop, but hey, that's uh, the nature of distro hopping. So. Uh, Good luck with your your new adventure. Really, you're surprised, Miss? You know? Yeah, yeah thinking about it, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our uh, introductory back to the roots. Welcome to Linux. Okay. Starting your adventure uh, episode. Okay. So, Larry, you remember when we first started with Linux and some oh so many years ago <laughs> and some of the things we had to j- learn just to get it to, to, to be installed i've forgotten more things than <laughs> i remember <laughs> uh i remember being confused as to what things meant how to set yep. up part the partitions on the hard drive and didn't know what a swap partition was etc etc so mm-hmm. uh going links is is about helping Users who want to use Linux to get things done. So I say, let's give. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. It's, I think it's in our tagline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I said, let's get back to our roots and let's give them some pieces of information that will ease them into Linux and the open source world. Okay. One of the things a new user coming to Linux is faced with is where to start. Things like, what is this command line thing? Or what the heck does root or sudo or grub even mean, let alone what does it do? (laughs) That's a great point you're making. So I think the first place to start is, what are you wanting to do with the computer? Um, Are you going to use it for gaming, education, or work? Or are you just going to use it as your daily driver to check email, watch YouTube videos, surfing the web? There isn't a wrong answer, but it does help to have a general idea of what you want to use it for. You bet. So you've got my attention, Bill, and the attention of our listeners, especially the <laughs> new users to Linux. So how are you going to cover such a large subject? I mean, if we just throw out names and small differences, it might sound confusing to a new person. So how are we going to do okay. this? I thought we could break this up into a series ranging from the very basic to advanced. It's too large of a subject to limit to one or two episodes. So I want to make this a series that you can start at the beginning and by the time you get to the end, um, you will have gained knowledge and the confidence to uh, use Linux. Yeah, this sounds very familiar. This is kind of why I started and how I started this podcast is to do just that. So I'm glad we're going back to our roots. So 
let's start even before you go looking for your first distribution of Linux. Let's cover some basic terms and meanings and give an overview of exactly what Linux is. I know we've done that in the past, but it's worth going over it because some things have changed. Most things have stayed the same. So uh, don't worry if you don't know how these things work or how they can help you. This episode is just about getting you familiar with some of the terms, meanings, and we'll go over how to use them in one of the more advanced episodes. So give us a little bit of time. We'll get there, but we're starting with the very, very, very basics, introducing the terms. So to get started, you'll hear the term SU or SU or SUDO or SUDO, sometimes pronounced SUDO. I think more accurately pronounced SUDO, but more commonly pronounced SUDO. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, just try not, not trying to be confusing, but uh, just trying to be complete. These are commands that allow you to do things on a Linux machine, like changing a setting or installing applications. SU stands for superuser, and sudo stands for superuser do. Since Linux is a multi-user operating system, this keeps other users from doing things that they're not supposed to do. And by other users, what we're talking about here is if you have if you're not the only user of the system, you can set up a user name for other users and let them have their own settings and do things their own way. So you can have more than one user, hence multi-user operating system, on any Linux distribution. But you don't need to have uh, the, um, you don't have to use as multi-user, but uh, Linux was designed uh, from the base, from or from the ground up as a multi-user system. So um, another thing that, uh, that all Linuxes have that um, a lot of, mainline operating systems don't is they have help built right in right right in and that's the man command and that and basically man stands for manual page so if you have linux or if you're listening later and you want to try it uh type go to your terminal and type man and then sudo sudo and hit enter and it will give you information on what the command sudo does and how to use it. And you can use this for if you have a question on um, anything, a command. The man pages are already built into the system, so you're never going, uh, I don't know how to use this, or I don't know what this means. So I encourage everybody to use the man pages. Um, they are a little confusing sometimes if you look at it, because it gives you all the switches and, and options you can, but you'll get a general idea of what to do uh, and how to use that command. Um, I love having a built-in help manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In, in most cases, the man pages for any particular application are pretty extensive. And one thing you need to know is once it's on the screen, you'll be in a terminal window. And to scroll, you can use the arrow keys, the up or down arrow keys, or you can use the page up, page down keys uh, to quickly and easily get through, if it's a very long man page, um, all the definitions and switch settings and everything that you need. And I have another one that's a real fun one, uh, and this is one of my favorites. It's called Top. 
uh, top. If you open your command line or terminal and type top in it, it will show you all kinds of useful information on your machine. Uh, the CPU information, the memory stats, um, you know, all those stories of how scary the command line is are so overblown. And with some things, once you learn the basics, it really can speed things up. And a few things to uh, know, because we're going to, with these, we're just building upon your knowledge base here, is you'll hear different terms called like RPM. Now, and that's Red Hat, it means that's a Red Hat package manager. That's the, how you get your applications, and it's used in Fedora, Red Hat, OpenSUSE distributions, because there's different ones for different distributions. And then you'll hear another one called Deb, and it's using Debian and Ubuntu. So um, Larry is using Mate, and I'm using KDE, they're both Ubuntu, so they would be using the Deb uh, file format. Now, Arch uses something somewhat different and it's a, set, a different method to install applications and we're going to go not to confuse you uh, <laughs> we're going to go over that at a more advanced show just remember there's a lot of magic that's done on the system level and so do not let these terms scare you right yeah the rpm and the deb are just um the file extension so it'll be .rpm or .deb that the packages or the software packages use and those package managers uh, manage the installation and one of the terms on Debian systems that you'll use or the Deb systems like Debian and Ubuntu is apt apt or apt get apt-get those Two terms are synonymous in ma many respects, and on modern systems, you can use them interchangeably for the most part. But this term apt, which stands for advanced packaging tool, is used to actually perform the installation of your DEB packages. So DEB is the descriptor for the packages and apt is the installation tool that you use to actually install. Uh, yes, there's a graphical user interface method of doing this, of installing a program, but it is using, in the case of Ubuntu distributions, apt behind the scenes of the graphical user interface. And if you know the name of the packages, you can just simply open a command line and type the command sudo space apt dash get space install space audacity if you want to install the audacity audio recording software that we're using for recording this podcast so that command will actually go to the software repositories download the audacity deb package and install audacity for you on your machine and this is Linux, so you do not have to reboot after you install software. Since apt is used in Debian and Ubuntu-based systems, let me include some commands for a couple of other distributions. For Arch-based Linux distributions, it would be sudo space pacman, that's P-A-C-M-A-N, space dash 
capital S and capitals do make a difference in the Linux world. So you want to make sure you use a capital S space audacity. So that's what you would use if you have an Arch-based system. And for those Red Hat package management systems or RPM systems, you would use sudo space yum, Y-U-M, space audacity. And that will install audacity for you on those Red Hat systems. Um, those are all similar and will do exactly the same thing. So just remember to use the command for your particular distribution. Or if all this command line stuff is too much, you can use the app stores, which are included in most Linux distributions. The app store, think of it like if you use Apple um, uh, Mac or, or even an iPhone, it's like Apple's uh, software store that they have, their app store, uh, except that the re Linux repositories that make up that app store contain software that, for the most part, is free of charge, unlike what you get with Apple, which is not free of charge. In fact, <laughs> well, lots of charge. One of the things <laughs> that, uh, that seems to um, help people click with this concept, um, I know we're throwing a bunch of um, different terms at you, but just think uh, the, of the RPM or DEB um, packages as uh, it was as it was a Windows, which uses the EXE, and they have some other ones. I think a .msi or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It's basically that extension tells their rep, uh, repos uh, what you're looking for, and it gives it instructions on what it needs. And not only does it. Uh, uh, Pull, uh, will pull down the application, it will also say, oh, by the way, I need this uh, file, I need this file. So it also does all the dependency checking, making sure that you have it. Uh, you know, win, uh, Windows, uh, Some uh, in, back in the day when I was running it, I would install something and uh, I found out, oh, you need to go download Java, you need to download this DirectX to make this game work. With Linux, the system automatically will make sure that you have the dependencies to run it so you don't have to go, well, why isn't this working? So for the most part, when you uh, download a Deb RPM or uh, even use the Arch um, file manager, it will pull in the dependencies for you. So it's, you know, it, it handles a lot of the heavy lifting. And we used Audacity as a, uh, as an example to show how these commands work. But you could uh, just as well use it, uh, sudo, sudo apt get install and in the name of the um, package and it will work. So it, Audacity is just an example of how the command would work and install something for you. So uh, you don't have to use command line, but I don't want you to be scared of it um, either. I, you know, you sometimes um, it's much easier just to open it up real quick, type out that c command in the software you want, and continue and just go about your business instead of, you know, actually, you know, opening the file manager, searching for it, then click it, you know, install, waiting for it. Sometimes it's just quicker just to type it out, uh, the command in the command line. So you have, you have multiple ways to do things. 
Yes, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you about something. When I was using Windows, one of the things that I liked was to find those self-contained apps. Um, they were called portable apps where you didn't actually have to install them per mm -hmm. se. You just ran them and it would be something like Firefox or something else that you would normally have to install on EXE and it would put a whole bunch of stuff on your hard drive. Is there something similar in Linux that our users might find analogous to that where they can simply run an application sure. from an image, if you will? Yeah, and they are actually being going to be discussed right now. <laughs> okay. So uh, we have, uh, if you're running Ubuntu, um, you'll hear the term snaps. Uh, and you also hear the term flat packs. And the easiest way to, to understand these is just remember everything uh, is you have a box and everything you need to run the program is in the box. So you download it and it just works. You know, it doesn't make any changes to the system, but it does allow you to run the software. Right. These are often referred to as alternative package formats or software packaging formats and snaps are developed and used in ubuntu and flat packs can also be used in ubuntu and in fact with the latest 22.04 release of ubuntu flat pack support is included by default uh, in ubuntu mate you need to enable it or activate it as they say and uh, if you need instructions on how to do that if you're using uh, Ubuntu Mate, um, just go to the main website and take a look at the introductory video there. It does a quick overview of how you activate Flatpak support, um, but it's already pre-installed. And they work almost exactly the way that the portable apps do on Windows. They just uh, sit there, and when you need to run them, they run. Now, when you quote, install a snap or a flat pack, they appear in the menu. So when you click on menu, it's there. Unlike the next one, app image, this is one of Bill's favorites. It runs on almost every Linux distribution. Um, an app image is exactly what it says. You download the file from wherever the source is you've determined the app image is, and it comes to your computer's hard drive and you just double click on it from there and run it. It doesn't install anything, not even a menu entry. Uh, it just runs from the hard drive and you can add a launcher in the, in the menu if you want, but uh, that's a manual topic for later episodes. Um, to summarize, as you can see, you have a lot of different options and choices on how to get your applications and what kinds of applications you want to run, whether it's dev package, an RPM package, something like a snap or a flat pack or an app image. Lots of different choices. And choices is what Linux is all about. Well, what's really uh, cool about uh, having all these choices is, um, I'll give you an example, my KDE Neon machine right now is using a snap of Firefox, uh, a snap of um, Audacity, but a flat pack for Discord. 
and I'm using uh, a dev file for <laughs> with the word processor. So uh, they all work and play nicely together. It, it you you don't have if you can't find what you want on the snap, you can use a flat pack. Um, and if you can't find what you want uh, in a um, flat pack or snap, you can usually find something like that in the an apt image. So um, you have so many different choices to get the software you want. We always recommend, of course, you know, go uh, to your repositories for first. But you know, a lot of uh, distributions are now moving to flat packs in the repositories instead of having the devs you know, sometimes you'll actually see you'll give you a choice you can pick the debian version or you can pick the flat pack version or the snap version so it just depends on how you want to get your your software and sometimes like me as long as i can get what i need to work i don't care what formats in um i just find that there's very little that i can't find in one of these formats and to even throw uh, a little monkey wrench into this is that there's actually uh, Open SUSE or SUSA, however you pronounce it, um, actually has what they call an open build service. Which, say you're running Ubuntu and you want Application X, but you can't find it in a Snap, Flatpak, or an App Image. Well, it will actually take the um, format uh, from the OpenSUSE and make a deb for you. You can always f find a way to get what you want um, and that's one of the greatest things about Linux is just there's multiple ways to do things, multiple ways to get things and uh, you can really just make it your own. Uh, you know, There's some people that don't want to use flat packs and only want to use snaps or vice versa. So it's really right. nice to be able to um, have options. Yes. And I have to say that the audio editing software that we've mentioned, Audacity, that we use is available as a dev file. It's available as an RPM file. It's available as a flat pack. It's available as a snap. It's available as an app image. And although there are all of these choices and choices are good, but they can often introduce a level of complexity and a level of confusion for new users. Let me just say that when you are using a modern Linux distribution, although you have all of these choices, you don't have to know anything about the choices or actually make a choice to get started. The operating system itself or the distribution of Linux will have a default way of installing things, and you can choose to use that especially when you're new, you just go by whatever the defaults are and use that. But it's nice to know that if you want to experiment around or you have some reason for wanting to use one package format or another, or you just want to try and see if there are any differences, typically there aren't, but uh, you just want to try them, you have that choice that you can make. So although you have choices with Linux, with modern Linux distributions, you don't have to make any choices for the most part. You just go by whatever the defaults are, and it will work. Yeah, if you're a new, uh, a new user, just uh, go with the system defaults, and um, yep, because uh, 
as a general uh, rule, just let it pick what it wants. If it wants to use a dev file, that's fine. If it wants to use a snap, that's fine. If it wants to use a Slack pad, that's fine. They all work. They've all worked to get you the application. So let the machine handle um, all the basics while you're a new user, and that'll just make things uh, a lot smoother. But we wanted to introduce these terms to you so you know if someone said well yeah you can get a flat pack of that and you're like what is a flat pack it's debate it's 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 a box with everything you need in it and it, it to run that application without actually um like windows uh when you have to install something it has to it modifies system files this doesn't modify system files everything is self-contained so it's easier to update and they can package things so if you have a snap of firefox or flat pack of firefox uh, and you use it on uh, ubuntu and then you use it on fedora it's going to give you the same experience yeah and the why behind all of this has to do with there are some technical advantages and disadvantages to using one package format over another and there's some disagreement and controversy between linux distributions or even within a linux distribution uh over which of the package formats is best and so linux is an ever-evolving ever-growing ever-improving uh operating system and these kinds of new things crop up from time to time and they eventually settle out. And if there's not one standard, there's two or three that people will go by depending on what your distribution is. And for the most part, especially for new users, you just let all that turmoil and confusion and disagreement and uh, re-agreement and uh, collaboration, <laughs> you let that going on. You, you let that go on in the background, and you just go ahead and use the software. Yeah, just you just <laughs> want to use the links to get things done. So just let the machine. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I wanted to point out something to you, Larry. We introduced some commands, and then uh, showed you how to use them. Now. Uh, new users and you know how to install applications on Linux and Linux is about learning and having fun while getting things done. It's our hope that you will enjoy these bite-sized episodes in this series. Uh, we have more to come and uh, they will increase your working knowledge and confidence uh, with Linux. Right. And new users to Linux often ask, which Linux they should start with or which Linux distribution they should choose. So here are a few suggestions uh, and links for these will be in the show notes, of course. Um, Ubuntu Mate, Kubuntu, and Ubuntu. Um, that's the first three. And the next three would be um, KDE Neon, Linux Mint, and Pop OS. Uh, you might have noticed, Larry, that all these are Ubuntu-based, uh, and and the reason we're doing that is that we think that they, they offer the most support for new users. They have, uh, for the most part, every one of them have uh, very active forums that you can ask questions in, and they support the most hardware. 
the exciting part is that you can take what you are learning and use it on other distributions. So just because you happen to start with Ubuntu, you might end up on Arch. Or if you might start on Fedora, end up on Ubuntu. There is no right or wrong, but we wanted to give you six recommendations of, of ones that uh, would... Uh, uh, we think that would be a good starting point. And what's nice is uh, all of them, I believe except Pop! OS, have what they call a live environment. So you're able to download it and put it on a USB stick and test it out and see if it really will work for you before you even touched your computer. And so that gives you confidence to try different ones out and to... Uh, find which one really works for you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, although there are six variations of Ubuntu and Ubuntu flavors that we're talking about here, the reason we're suggesting those is, as you said, Bill, they're the ones that provide the best support. They're the easiest to learn. And when it comes to learning, if you're switching over from another operating system like Windows, Mac, or or uh, Chrome OS, there will be a bit of a learning curve, but these particular six have the lowest learning curve of uh, just about every Linux distribution that's out there. They are set up with the user in mind who is switching from another operating system, especially Ubuntu Mate and Pop! OS and Linux Mint. Those three of our six in our list are, are very new user oriented and will just work out of the box. So the learning curve is not as steep with those as it might be with something like Arch or OpenSUSE or something like that. You know like what that. I tried to start with? <laughs> What's that? I bought a book. You remember these? Yeah. They come with the disc Slackware. I never. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, which one do I try? I, so I tried Slackware first and uh, um, never did get it. I, I was more confused than anything with all the terms. Even it says, you know, Slackware for uh, for beginners. It's like, uh, do you have like a kindergarten version of this? <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't know what I didn't know what partitions did, and I didn't. I mean, when we were first starting, unless you know that, oh, you know what a swap partition does, uh, you, you're like, oh, I don't need that. It's that, you know, <laughs> or uh, what's it mean to to uh, partition? Uh, my hard drive, uh, what's a home uh, directory? I mean, all these terms, you have no idea. So that's part of the idea behind this is to go over the, the terms, uh, introduce concepts, and then show you how they inter interconnect. Yeah. It's it's funny you mentioned you started with a book um, <laughs> <laughs> because that's where I started with as well. I wanted to learn about Linux, so I went to the bookstore <clears throat> when they had bookstores <laughs> and picked up a uh, a book on Linux. And little did I know it happened to be a version of Linux that was obsolete. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> It was no longer uh, being developed. And so I immediately had to switch to another distribution of Linux that uh, 
that worked out quite well for me. But uh, those early days, I was reading the books. These days, I'm writing <laughs> the books. And I'm <laughs> with that, I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, mention that for Ubuntu Mate, which is what I'm writing documentation for, I have a new version of the book that I have written using Ubuntu Mate and its applications, the 22.04 Long-Term Support Edition. And that book is available in, on Amazon in multiple countries. We'll have a link to it in our show notes so that you can uh, order your own copy and start with the book or continue with uh, new ideas from a book if you really wanted to. So, um, yeah, there you go. So, (laughs) well, uh, I've, I've got the first edition of that book and it was, uh, it was actually, uh, really useful. And what's nice about that, um, book is that a lot of the stuff, it does cover, you know, Ubuntu Mate, but a lot of the concepts that you'll see in there will, crossover to something else or very similar that you you know so anything you can do to increase your knowledge is great uh i believe you can there's also uh you can uh you got them all for the kindle too don't you yeah amazon offers the ability to upload a version for paperback or for ebook which yeah. is the kindle uh, and other ebook formats so i've done that so you can get them either way and the latest edition has uh, quite a few more pages than even the previous oh, really? edition. And yeah, so I've added, I'm, I'm always adding something new and expanding the topics and clarifying the topics, uh, fixing the mistakes I made in the previous version. Mistakes? You know, all those kinds of things. Yes. Yes. Uh, now, now that it's published and released, of course, I found a couple of mistakes in the keyboard shortcuts, uh, not keyboard shortcuts, uh, you would use because it's the list of keyboard shortcuts, uh, for Windows that I was comparing the Linux ones to. So I've got to fix that for the next edition. But, uh, hey, at, at the very least, the Linux, um, uh, Linux documentation is, is accurate. Maybe a spelling mistake here or there, but I think you can overlook yeah. that. So there you go. Uh, that's the book, uh, if you want a book. So our, our next episode in this series will be Welcome to Linux, Starting Your Adventure, Part 2. Um, and it'll be about how to select and download your very own copy of Linux and making the boot media. Oh, those are two things I cover oh. in my book. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can plagiarize some hey, paragraphs from the book. as get to alter to agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It is licensed under Creative Commons, um, so you can. So your share. book is open source too. My book is open source too. That's yes, awesome. Absolutely. All right. So there you go. And our next episode for the Going Linux podcast will be a listener feedback episode. And until then, you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We provide the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Thank you.
Theme music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.